Are you someone who struggles with emotional eating or some bad eating habit? Well, in today's podcast episode, I interview Janice, and I love this episode because we are able to really dig deep into some of her patterns with emotional eating. And this is where it really gets to what's going on. So instead of trying to just follow some way of eating and do something, in this episode, we're actually talking about those things underneath that are driving the way we react to different situations. So I hope that you guys find this episode helpful. And before we get started, I want to tell you guys about my Healthy Life Scholarship Program, where you can get one-to-one personal training and or health coaching with me for three months. You're going to have till January 12th to apply for this program. So if you've been wanting to make changes and you know that having the support of a coach would help you, then I encourage you to apply. We're going to create a custom program just for you based on your goals, your struggles, and where you want to focus for the next three months. There's a link for the application in the description. So if you're ready to make 2024 the healthiest year yet, then I encourage you to apply. I'm so excited to be able to share this program with others and help more people. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Healthy Beyond 40 show. I'm Michelle, mama four and military wife. And I'm passionate about helping women get healthy from the inside out so they can feel better and live their best life. Do you feel like you're struggling to lose weight and get in shape? If you're ready to develop healthier habits, exercise consistently, and lose weight sustainably, then you're in the right place. I combine my expertise for my doctorate in physical therapy to my experience as a health coach, personal trainer, and yoga teacher to bring you actionable steps for a healthy lifestyle. No magic pill here, so lace up those shoes and get moving. Hi, Janice. I'm so glad to have you on the podcast today. So tell us first a little bit about you, like who you are, your life, if you're a mom, just sort of paint a picture of what life might look like. Okay, I am 44. First, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here and talk about this. It's something that I, um, it's been on my mind a lot and I've been seeking a lot of help and support with. I am 44. I was married for 19 years. Um, I lived in the state of Texas most of that time. I consider that to be where I'm from. Uh, my ex and I moved to Shanghai, China in 2017 to work here, and we're still here. Our marriage ended in 2020 when he came out as gay. And so it, I mean, there was just a lot going on between the time we got married until he finally came out. So there was just, it was on the surface looked like a very normal, a healthy marriage, but it was very much not behind the scenes, a lot of emotional turmoil and abuse and a lot going on. We have two boys together. Our oldest is 19 and our youngest is 14. Our 19-year-old is at university in the Netherlands and our 14-year-old is here. Uh, We have remained friends since we split up and co-parent really well together. We still travel together and support each other a lot. I mean, living overseas. And now I currently live with um, an Italian that I met. He's incredible and we have such a fun, great partnership together. And uh, yeah, so I'm really passionate about traveling, understanding and seeing new cultures. My job is that I'm a therapist. I specialize in trauma. So I'm a certified trauma model therapist and do a lot of work with women in long-term abusive marriages. And I do a lot of work around training other therapists. So that's a lot and a little bit. Yeah, thanks so much for sharing. And I mean, that helps to paint a picture of, you know, when it comes to our health, 
it's not just about what we're eating, how we're exercising, follow this diet plan. There's all this other stuff that is driving what we're doing. Yeah. So our history, our emotions, what's going on in our life is driving the actions we're taking or not taking in our health. So I think that also helps to just bring up that as a really good point and information because a lot of people want to gloss over that. It's easy to Mm -hmm. follow a certain diet or follow certain recipes, but it's hard to do some of this other stuff and really know what's fueling it. So tell me a little bit about what's your biggest health struggle right now? So I am overweight. My BMI is like right at 30. And I I just can't, I don't know, I try something, I'll kind of lose some weight, I'll get my BMI down to, I don't know, 26, 27, like I'll kind of get right on the cusp of being out of the overweight category, or I think I'm technically obese, actually at 30. And then I just can't hold it. I can't maintain it. I'm not sure what the blocks are. I've tried to work through it in therapy. I think I just haven't found a therapist that really knows what they're doing in that area yet. And because they want to focus on like what you said, like the practical things of working out. I actually work out a lot. I work out four times a week. I love working out and like really intense workouts. So it's not that. I know definitely it's eating habits, but I just go unconscious, I think, to a lot of what I'm doing when it comes to my eating habits. I know it's tied to emotions, but I just, yeah, I just stay confused about it, honestly. And so you realize that it typically comes back to a little bit of emotional eating. And so when you mention that you try different things, are you following a certain diet or a certain plan that's not really sustainable? I, yeah, I think so. Like I, I did lose about 20, 25 pounds on Noom uh, back in 2019, I believe, 18 or 19. And I kept it off until just after COVID. So the, the COVID restrictions here in China were so intense. We weren't allowed to leave our apartments for months. I did okay through that and went back to the States to visit family. I like gained a bunch of weight right away and then I have it now I haven't been able to get it off. So Noom was probably the most effective for me, but I've done several Whole30s. And in general, I really like eating a Whole30 lifestyle. Like a, I like creating those meals, but then I also know that I eat sugar. I will, you know, I'll eat like a super healthy meal and then I'll crave and want sugar and I'll eat sugar. But the volume of food is, is a problem. Like I eat, I'll eat a really healthy meal, but it will be more food than what I'm supposed to be eating. Yeah. Are you aware of your hunger and fullness cues? I don't know that I am, to be honest. Because that can be a good place to start because a lot of us aren't aware. We typically just eat like what's on our plate or we're like enjoying the food that we eat more than we need. And we're not really aware of our cues. So I think that could be one place to start. So really taking time, pausing, maybe taking a couple breaths. Like, am I hungry? Because we don't really want to eat when we're not hungry. So that can roll into other things if there's emotional eating or stress eating. But being mindful, like, am I actually hungry? Because food is fuel. It's not meant Mm -hmm. to soothe us. It's meant to fuel our bodies. It's meant for us to eat good things that improves our gut health and our brain health. That's what food is for. So first turning into that, asking yourself, am I hungry? And using that as feedback. And then the part that usually gets people more tricky is, 
am I full? Most of us don't recognize that. And we also don't want to eat till we're full or stuffed. We want to eat to like, usually if we think like 80% full. And when you start to do this, you'll start to notice it doesn't really feel good when I feel full or stuffed. Mm -hmm. So becoming aware of that starts to create that better relationship with food and what your body actually needs. Yeah, that makes sense. So what thoughts do you have about that? Or did anything come up for you? Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. But I also, I have been able to identify there is a feeling of of like deprivation of, I have a family history of poverty and I don't know if it's linked just ancestrally in my DNA, but the feeling of being full is attached to comfort and acceptance. And like that to me, I have been able to identify that that's where the emotional, you know, like even in my marriage, like when I would, I would go home because I worked in a school system. So I'd be home by like four. I would start eating and need to feel full at home, like to self-soothe basically, because it was such an emotional, chaotic environment for me. Um, And I haven't figured out yet how to break my subconscious ties with that. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, so I know that it's there, um, but I just don't know how to, I can do it for a little while, can hold on to it for a little while, but then I always go back to what I've always done. Yeah. And there's a lot to unpack there and we won't be able to in this quick call, but that's definitely something I work with. I also use like just some somatic type healing too, where we're getting more in touch with our body and those feelings. Cause that feeling of deprivation has a lot linked to it for you of poverty, mm-hmm. not enough, almost not feeling safe, not being comforted. Yeah. So there's a lot to unpack and dig through. And what happens is when we don't take the time to dig through that and unpack that, that's going to keep ruling you. So like you're experiencing, Mm -hmm. I can do this for a couple months and then I keep circling back to this because you're trying to stuff something under the rug and that is still, it's still ruling. So yeah, I think that's definitely something to put down that needs to be worked on. And then tell me a little bit more. So you use food to soothe. And so what has come up for you in this past week where you have used food to soothe? So I'm in the middle of like a job transition and a big bill was due last week and I didn't have the money yet for it. I was waiting for enough, a few more payments to come in from clients and it kind of triggered some shame. And I knew my son had some like gummy candies. And so I went to his room and yeah. And so how did that feel after you ate them? More shame for sure, because I knew what I was doing and I knew that I shouldn't have done that. And I knew that I would feel bad once I did do that, but I still did it. Was there any sense of like emotional relief? Yeah. I mean, when in the act of eating, yes. So a little bit of emotional release, but it didn't last very long at all. No. And so... Obviously, being a therapist, you're you're aware of your feelings and you're yes. connecting things way more than most people I would talk to are. But so knowing this, that you had this bill that you couldn't pay, then you were feeling shame. Like if you could go back in the situation, like what did you actually need? Because it wasn't the sugar, the candy. Like what did you actually need there? Um, I think I needed comfort, reassurance. And that's like what I've always been missing. It makes me want to cry thinking about it. 
just not having, you know, I, I didn't have parents who were emotionally available to help me solve problems or figure things out. Um, I didn't have a partner who could do that for years. And so it was just up to me to figure out my life and figure out how to solve my problems. So I think definitely what I needed was somebody to help me comfort me or say, you can do this, or let's figure this out together, or let's, why don't you shift this and this around, and then that will solve this problem. Just somebody to help me. Yeah. So that sense of needing comfort and reassurance is needing someone is what you really need. And is this like a type of feeling or situation that pops up like somewhat frequently when it comes to emotional eating? I think so. Actually, I I haven't really tied that together until now, but I'm pretty sure that's that's the root of it is um, just raising myself, having been emotionally completely alone pretty much my whole life. Yeah. And again, not enough, not enough time to go into it, but is there someone or something you think you could do? Because your need is comfort and reassurance. One, is there a way to comfort and reassure yourself? Do you have any tools that you could use to do that? I do. I do. And I, I can use them in most areas of life. Uh, I've grown a lot in that area. So I think maybe the first step for me is identifying the one or two areas left that I still am struggling to help myself. Maybe there's still too much shame wrapped around it. I don't know. What the, I think I can figure that out pretty quickly. And then another step is like I have, like I said, I have an incredibly supportive boyfriend now. And when I do let myself reach out for his support, he's very supportive just in giving me a hug or cheering me on, you know, you can do this yeah. or whatever. I don't think to do it because it's not something I've ever had. And sometimes I still get scared. If I'm in a in a deep shame spot, then I'm too scared of the rejection I might receive to mm-hmm. reach out, if that makes sense. Yeah. And you haven't, it sounds like you haven't experienced it enough to trust it and to know it. Right. Yeah. But bringing yourself back to, and also affirming these things and these tools that you want to use outside of situations where you're calm too. So you have tools that you can use. You also realize maybe I need to do a little bit more work around shame. But two, you have a boyfriend that's very supportive. And it's almost Mm -hmm. like, you can correct me if I'm wrong, almost like you're still testing it out a little bit. It doesn't feel Mm -hmm. completely safe or assured in your body yet. But maybe that's something you need to lean into a little bit more. Yes, definitely. In fact, the only conflict we ever really have is when I, like, he, it's so normal to him, especially in his culture. He's Italian. Like, they're so connected. It almost hurts his feelings, like, when I isolate, right? Because he's like, what? You don't trust me? And I'm like, no, I absolutely do. (laughs) just So, yeah, but I am still learning how for that. That's still not just, like, I still have to consciously choose that. It doesn't just happen for me yet. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's all around America, but I think it's in America, like we stuff our feelings. I mean, I mm-hmm. didn't learn growing up how to handle emotions. I was always taught, you're fine, you're fine. Uh, so yeah, we, most of us haven't experienced that and haven't experienced that safe connection with people too, to be able to share that. Uh, it's something that looks like you have the opportunity to change and to grow into. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, okay. All right, so we talked about paying attention to those hunger and fullness cues, and also maybe digging a little bit deeper on 
what that means. And I think it was more connected with not feeling 100% full, but just that feeling of deprivation or I'm missing something and taking mm-hmm. time to sit with that and work through that and noticing what else is popping up for you around that. And then also when sort of like these sugar cravings or comfort eating pop up, first using those tools that you can for yourself if you're not in a place to share with your boyfriend or share with someone else. It's like, what can I first do my do for myself and recognize what my true need is here? Because I need something and I don't want to mask that with something else. And then number two, leaning onto that connection and getting that reassurance from someone that you need. Yeah, that's good. And so as we're talking, is there anything else that you want to share or that popped up for you? No, I think this has given me a lot to think about, to kind of chew on to. It's so nuanced at this point for me. I know like it's, I feel like I'm really close, but just keep, I'm I'm fascinated by how with our minds, we can hide truth from ourselves because we are so resistant to change. Um, Yeah. So it always is helpful when I have these conversations because it, it's enlightening. Yeah. And also knowing that there's this power and this opportunity within you to change that. Because if we think that change isn't possible, if we think all my life mm-hmm. I've done this cycle of losing weight and gaining weight and I'm stuck in it, if that's all you believe is possible, that's what's going to continue to happen. So first we have to allow our mind to open that something else, something different can happen. So then we can start feeling and acting in different ways. And then we start taking different steps. Yeah, I've actually had thoughts that there must still be, like I've done so much work around belief systems and how self-talk and how I see myself and what I believe about myself, so much work. But there must still be something there that I need to break through because I'll lose to us right at the edge of healthy, but never like fully move all the way into healthy. And then I'll bounce right back up too unhealthy. So there's something, there's still some kind of barrier um, that I, I don't believe I deserve it, or I don't believe I'm capable of it, or maybe I'm scared to maintain it. I don't really know what the root is yet. Yeah. As you were saying that, do you feel worthy to be healthy and to have your body at a good weight that brings health? Do you deserve that? I'm trying to think deeply so I can really answer like really honestly. I think I'm scared to me that I won't maintain it, that I'll disappoint myself, that I'll get there and be disappointed by not being able to hold it. Yeah, because that's been your pattern. You haven't been Mm -hmm. able to maintain it. I think it's more that like, I I don't really, I'm not identifying with, I don't deserve it. I think I'm more identifying with, I won't be able to hold it. There's also something around, you know, my parents pretty much only talk about people's weight. And there's a part of me that like wants to rebel against that. Yeah. And so that limits your potential of what you're going to do. And I also think when you were saying you're scared that you can't maintain it, is there shame or a sense of failure around your past attempts? Yeah, for sure. Yes. And so what happens if you fail again, you lose weight and you gain it back? How would that feel or what would happen? It would feel really embarrassing and disappointing. Are you able to handle those emotions if it happens? I think in my adult brain, yes, I know for sure I can. But I also am identifying there's a part of me that doesn't think I can. And so what if this time 
you actually work on some of these deeper issues that you have going on. Shame, failure, feelings of deprivation, and you actually lose weight and you keep it off. How would that feel? Does that even feel possible? On one hand, I think I I have a strong yes in my body. That's possible. But I also am recognizing like question marks within my body. So I'm kind of split. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about that strong yes in your body. I have overcome so much. Like I've proven myself to be so strong in so many areas and have transformed so many areas of my life through the work that I do. I mean, I I don't do any work with my clients that I haven't done myself. So I know, I, I don't have any doubts about how strong I am and how capable I am and how I can evolve and transform. I just haven't found the right little pieces in this specific area of my life. Yeah, the right approach. Mm-hmm. And it is doing, you're going to have to do something different. Right. Which is, I think, what you're looking for. But knowing mm-hmm. that, yeah, I can do something different, actually get to the root of this instead of trying to ask it. I'm going to get to the root of this. And then I am going to be able to. Because like you said, you're an overcomer. You're capable. You transformed your life. You're transforming others. You're a strong person. And it's just taking a different approach to get there. And almost like taking this deeper work approach to health isn't what most people talk about. It isn't how most people Mm -hmm. approach it. It's do these exercises, move more, eat certain foods, which some people do need. And we do need to talk about too. But if this is ruling what you're doing, this is the first thing that needs Mm -hmm. to start to happen. Yeah, for sure. I I firmly believe that. Um, I mean, it's it reminds me of the the work I do with my trauma clients who've been through trauma. Like we do some what's called CBT, like cognitive behavior, like day to day behavior management. But if you really want to heal, that's not going to help you heal. <laughs> like, of course, you need maybe you need some support on your day to day to day behaviors. But to really heal your trauma, you have to do some of the work like we're talking about here, which is on a different thing. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing. And really, I haven't quite done an episode like this. So I love that you are here and you were able to bring this really this other awareness that I do work in on my coaching, but people aren't aware of. So I encourage people who are listening, if you notice or become aware of that, there's these other motions or things underlying it, knowing that that's going to keep driving your action and you have to start there. And it feels hard because it's not always clear cut what emotion you're feeling, what thing. There's not like a quick problem solve. But this is where the work comes in that is really going to help to make that sustainable change, especially if you're struggling with stress eating or emotional eating or cravings. All right. So Janice, thank you so much for joining and tell everybody where they can find and connect with you. Um, So I have a website, JaniceHolland.com. I have a 90-day program for women who want to like get a really intense jump start on their trauma recovery. I also have a membership that's like if you know if you really can't afford weekly therapy or, or therapy in general, but you know you need and want support, I have membership and all kinds of master classes. And then I also offer all kinds of workshops. So you can follow me on Instagram. Instagram is the trauma teacher with a period between B and trauma. 
LinkedIn. That's where I post and announce when I'm teaching workshops and classes. I teach for therapists and then also just for the general public. Perfect. I love that. And I will have the links in the description down below for everyone. So you guys can connect with Janice and reach out to her if you are needing extra support. And I think it's so important that we get support in our mental health. And even if we're feeling like pretty good, I have a coach that I go to, I see a therapist once a month. And even though if we're feeling good, we typically still need some support to continue to work through things that pop up in life. All right, guys, I hope everyone has a good day and you guys keep moving. I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode today and took something away. I encourage you to check out my Facebook group, Healthy Beyond 40. There's going to be a link down below. And this is just a really great, supportive community. A lot of us are not surrounded enough by like-minded, healthy people. So this is your place. You can post in the group. You can ask questions. You can hold yourself accountable. So check out the link down below and head to the Healthy Beyond 40 Facebook group.